Real estate agents are up there with car sales, but have been getting better in recent years with more training, more transparency, and new legislation that upholds professional conduct and obligations. But some still find the loopholes and don't represent the person who is paying them properly. If caught, there are fines and possible jail time. Today, we find out how to choose the right agent to sell your home and what to stand clear from. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. Real Estate Right is here to stay and we would love our loyal fans to subscribe, rate and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're so excited. We have a 4.5 star rating at the moment on Apple Podcasts. So beef us up, give us more stars. We would be happy for you to enjoy the process. With over 25 years experience in the real estate industry, with a diverse involvement from different agent franchises to different suburbs, Agent X has seen it all. Today, he's here to give us some insights. Welcome, Agent X. How are you? Very good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. That's okay. Now, of course, this whole podcast wouldn't be a great podcast without telling us some horror stories to start with. So (laughs) (laughs) what's the worst thing you've ever seen an agent do to get a person to sign on the dotted line to either sell or lease their property? Well, good question. Um... <clears throat> just trawling through the memory banks. Um, look, I, I suppose in general, rather than a specific case, I think that a lot of young agents will think to themselves and, and maybe some of the older ones, more experienced ones, that we get the deal no matter what it takes. And I think that's a very old way or an antiquated way to think of it. Mm-hmm. What what I've seen in the past are people, agents that I've worked for, for and with and have worked for me, um, really put themselves in a corner in their negotiation with uh, both parties. Mm -hmm. So being clear and transparent throughout the course of the negotiation of the deal, I think is very, very important. I mean, I can tell you stories that people have lost keys for houses and done all those sort of things. And um, really, which is completely irrelevant too, but... um, you know, I, I think I think that we overcomplicate the process. The process is pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. You are the conduit between the vendor and, and the purchaser. Yeah. Your job is to bring the two of those together at a mutually agreed price. Yeah. Um, again, a lot of agents will go and overcomplicate that by telling furfies, yeah. uh, misdirection, mm-hmm. um, withholding important information, um, not being clear clear and defined in what process or setting out the process that they're going to follow throughout the negotiation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important too. So if you're going to buy from me, yeah. when you come in to make an offer, if I sit down and clearly explain that this is the process we're going to be following from you signing this bit of paper and giving me the deposit check to me exchanging contracts with you, then nothing's left to chance. So again, as I say, horror stories, I think the horror stories are that agents overcomplicate the process Mm. and leave themselves in a bad predicament where 
in a lot of the cases, they get a good price for the, the or a great price for the property, mm. either at auction or through private sale. And really their questionable work ethic or standards will let them down from that at the end. And you've got two parties that should be in a honeymoon period afterwards that mm. are left with a bit of taste in their mouth. Yeah. Yes. So you always want to play the hero card, as I, as, as I said, for yeah. many years. So uh, even today, after auctions, I'll set my, my agents up that in a post-auction negotiation, mm. it's very important to make them look as, uh, as clear and defined, as, as hero-like as possible to get the deal done when it doesn't look like there's going to be a deal to be had. Yeah. Because... Someone years ago said, if the only thing you ever get out of the sale of a property is a commission check, you're an idiot. Yeah. What we want to do is ensure that there's future business there. And by, again, being the hero in the transaction for both parties, yeah. you know, those two parties will tell people, will tell people, will tell people. Mm. And that's how you start to gain a, gain a great name for yourself in the industry yeah. rather than the opposite, which unfortunately and sadly is the case with a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, like I, uh, I can tell you an example of of one agent I know who started in the business and thought they knew everything because they had years in terms of number of years they've lived, not years mm. as in number of years of experience, and they were definitely in there for the short term, um, not just short term thinking. It was um, I need to get a listing, so I need to get my name on a board, and. Yes. Uh, this particular instance was a $300,000 sort of one bedroom flat in a Bayside-ish suburb. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they said, I will list your property for, uh, I believe it was 1% and I will include all the advertising for that in that 1%. So essentially they're getting 300. That's a good way to go broke. Yeah, good way to go broke. So $3,000 was essentially right. what they would have got. But it would have cost them maybe $1,500 to put on the internet, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, a board would have been, you know, three, 400 bucks sort of thing. So yeah. his boss was like, hey, you can't be doing that because no one's making any money here. Um, mm. and, Not running a charity. But he just wanted his name on the board. That's all. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, another example of a, a horror story where an agent didn't, do the right thing by the owner was the agent said, look, if you invest in the $10,000 into your property, uh, you'll probably get double your money. So uh, we think your house is worth about $490 now. You put an extra uh, $10,000 into it, you'll get like five ten. So they decided to go ahead with that. They put the house on the market, private sale for five ten. Within a week, they had three offers for the property. One was five ten. One was five seventeen, and the third one was five seventeen. The agent told the buyer of the third five seventeen, mm. "Just give me a little bit more, and it's yours." Oh dear! So she said, "Oh, I'll give you five twenty-seven." Okay. She goes, "Oh no, don't be silly. Just give me an extra five hundred more." Oh. You know who are you working for? Are you working for the buyer or are you working for the owner? Absolutely. You know, they should have. They should have taken that five twenty-seven. And, and I think I think a lot of agents lose sight of the fact that they, again, exactly what you're saying. Agents come to think that they're working for themselves or for their boss. Yeah. Not 
they're working for the vendors. Yeah. And any vendor wants to know that by the time it comes to make the decision to sell the property, that their property has maximised its potential. Yeah. Whether you're above the asking price or whether you're below the asking price, that, that's the communication. I suppose we've talked about strategies on how to handle things when we're listing properties. It's how mm. you're actually going to um, to do those things. Mm. And to be clear and defined, when you lose sight of the fact that it's just about the deal, mm. then I think that you are you you are going to be a, have a very short term existence in real estate. Look, I, I was in real estate in Bayside um, or Bayside Melbourne for twenty years, mm. um, and I was good and I was bad. I, I was bad before I was good. Mm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> So you've seen it all and you've done it all. Yeah, yeah, seen it all, done it all. Um, and I've seen young kids come into, and, and I'll call them kids, they see the BMWs and they see the Mercedes and they see the Hugo Boss suits and they see the Mont Blanc pens and they see the Rolexes or the Tag, Tag Heuer watches. Mm. And within a week, they're wondering where's theirs. Yeah. Um, I remember sitting in the office one day and the phone ringing, and I, th- I think the phone rang two or three times in an hour with people actually ring me to say, I'm ready to put my house on the market, come and sign me up. Yeah. Which are lovely phone calls to get. They don't always come. No. <laughs> They're great phone calls. <laughs> great phone calls to get. <laughs> Let's put aside the thousand prospecting calls that you've done to create the relationships with those people over yeah. six or seven years. But, you know, a young guy behind me turned around and said, well, how does that happen? I said, what do you mean? How does that happen? When, when does that happen for me? Yeah. I said, well, you know, I turned around and I said, well, give it 10 or 15 years and, you know, you've got to build your name, you know, real estate's an industry of cliches, but your name is your brand. Yeah. Um, you've got to get to a stage where people hear of that and they call up and they say, you sold, you know, Sue's house for, for her and, yeah. and she had a great experience and we'd like you to come and sell ours. And you're reading between the lines, it's very rare but you're very appreciative of the fact that when you're going into list properties that you're not combating against all of your opposition, mm. um, they are the they are the sweet ones, but very uh, far and few between. Yes. Very far and few yeah. between. There's a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. I, I think yeah. we, we averaged out at one stage for, you know, for 10 years I worked seven days a week. Mm. And my middle child, I don't remember being a baby, but... When you're taking, when we were taking home the size of the pay packets that we were, mm. and we had a pipeline of commission coming through, in a different mind and a different life, that was mm. acceptable or justifiable. Justifiable, yeah. let's say. I don't think that's ever acceptable. Um, and we became, or we were, workaholics. And we, I, I have a term that I was never in the space I was in. So mm. I'll, uh, you know. I, uh, a case was I was at Auskick and one of my kids turned around and said, Dad, did you see that? And I was on the phone saying to someone, look, Auskick finishes at 11 o'clock. I'm in my civvies. I won't be suited up, but I could show you at 11.15. And I turned around to him and I said, yeah, mate, great goal. No problem at all. And the look on his face was, you didn't see that. And yeah. walked away. Um, that, that sort That's- of thing. They're the price we pay as real yeah. estate agents. Everyone out there sees, as I say, the Mercedes, the, the BMWs, all those yeah. sort of things. Glitz and glamour. The, the glitz and glamour of it all. And mm. we have those things to look nice and feel nice and justify, um, you know, the things that we don't make it to mm. as far as families go because we're, we're out earning money. Um, but the young guys, again, 
um, again, as far as horror stories go, I just, I look back over my time and I've helped a lot of young guys coming into real estate realize that they're not for real estate. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a very strong moral compass, then it's probably not the profession for you. Mm. Um, and I say that broadly, I know that there are agents out there that are steadfast and true to uh, align to doing things as ethically as possible. Yeah. And and that's really the term. I don't think there's any right or right, wrong way to do it. But again, today, if I was to take new guys on board, I think that real estate can be done open and honestly and transparently. And I think also with this COVID-19 thing, um, it's getting rid of a lot of the shit kickers. The, it's, it's, it's people who actually are in the moment of buying and selling and therefore it's not wasting the time of the agent because people are being a bit more true to themselves about what their actions are. Absolutely. And and given our our landscape at the moment, I think a lot of people are sitting around at home saying, do we renovate? Do we rebuild? Do we move on? Um, You know, recent uh, property reports are that in the next six months, well, by the end of the year, property prices are going to come down again and people are going to be forced to sell as to having to sell or having that option that we're not in a good spot financially. Yeah. Um, Let's put the house on the market. I think the banks will be knocking on people's doors saying we've given you enough time and now either you do it or we'll do it. You're only dealing really now with people that have been cashed up in a previous market. So Mm. the the amount of people that change in the market in a usual time doesn't really change. People, Mm. I used to say to vendors, people come in and out of the market every six to eight weeks. They they come into the market. It takes them two or three weeks to get educated enough to spend their own money. And that's their responsibility. Mm. Yeah. They'll come to a couple of auctions. They'll find the house that they want. They might overpay by a little bit on the day or pay, and by definition, overpay might, might be, pays over the reserve price to secure the house that they want, not necessarily yes. pay too much for a property. Because again, cliche, a property is worth what someone's prepared to pay for it. Yeah. But I think today you're exactly right that the people in the market are those that are cashed up, that are, do want a transaction. Mm. Um, it is very difficult. I mean, on the other side of things, rather than as a business model, when some agencies like to have eight or 10 real estate agents sitting there, you know, doing their bits and pieces, Mm. their prospecting and buying and selling Mm. today, I know uh, my friends still in the industry, um, they're, they've gone from eight, 10, 12 salespeople to three or four Mm. and, concept is to have less people doing more rather than more people doing less. Yeah. Right? Things happen for a reason. This COVID thing may be as the, the change in the industry that needed to happen. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I'd, I'd like to see um, we, when you think that you can go to Dan Murphy's and walk around with a trolley at the moment, but you can't go to mm. Bunny. Yeah. I still don't understand. And, and this is, a, this is, just personal reflection or personal personal opinion of the situation at the moment mm. that I don't understand why we can't have private appointments if a house is is empty and an agent yeah. was to stand at the front door and let a party through the house. I still don't understand how that can't occur. Again, mm. if we can go to Bunnings and do a pickup, if we can go to Officeworks and do a pickup, if we can do all of these other things, yeah. then even if that came with a, uh, some sort of COVID clean afterwards that I'm going to have, 
you know, the availability to take people through your house between nine and 12. And afterwards, we're going to have a COVID clean. Those people that, you know, you see mm. on the TV go through and just things. Yeah. Um, I think the the RIV could be doing more, uh, truly. Um, yeah. Oh, look, it's, it's hard because the, the reality is that, you know, unless the house is within 5Ks of where you live. Well, that's another issue, are, isn't it? That's the other issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. So it's it's probably a good time now to uh, see who's dropping off and who's staying around um, because they're the ones that you, you want to have working for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And you're sort of emerging brands, as we've seen a couple uh, happen yeah. over the last two, two, or, or two or three years. I, I would imagine that there are going to be a couple of others um, yeah. that acquiring or taking over and the value of a, of a real estate franchise or group is, as we know, in the rent roll. So mm. whether they're absorbed or whether names are merged or whatever the case may be, but um, it's mm. not an easy market out there. I, I, I wouldn't like that to be my mainstream of income at the moment uh, no. because um, I, I think it's as hard as what, it, as what it's ever going to be. Mm, definitely. We will have a short break and come back with Agent X on Real Estate Right and he will tell us what the three main things you need to discuss with your agent in the interviewing process. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right. You're here with Sue Langada and Agent X. Okay, so now that we know what we should be looking out for in terms of the bad stuff, if you are thinking about putting your home on the market and you have no idea where to start, how should you be choosing your agent? Okay, really, really good question. I think um, first, first things first, I believe there are only two reasons why people in a different environment, uh, mm-hmm. not the environment we're in at the moment, um, I've always believed there are only, only two reasons why people go to open for inspections and they are to, in, to interview the house or interview the agent. Yeah. Fair so, um, I think you need to do the groundwork. Um, mm. and, uh, in the latter years, I would say people are you here to see the house or are you here to see me operate. Mm. And it was quite, quite interesting that they would say, no, we're actually here to see you because I've had people come up to me, um, a really good story for you is that um, I'd done about six or eight open for inspections and saw this second, uh, this group come through at the end of my day. Um, you know, things, little things as an agent that I keep and I still do it today. I have a box in the boot of my car mm-hmm. uh, with shoe polish in it, with a rag in it that if you've got dirt on your shoes, you can clean yourself up, tie done up. Yes, it might be 40 degrees, but you've got your jacket on and you still look professional because that's mm-hmm. what they, your vendors have entrusted to you. Anyway, long story short, the lady walked back up and I said, oh, you're here again. Uh, you must be following me around. And she said, I am actually. I said, mm. well, how's that work? She said, well, we've been around to all the agents in the area today and we'd like you to come and sell our house. Perfect. I said, oh, Perfect. Okay. Um, I finish up here at whatever time it was. Can I come and see you at 4.15? I'll just grab a bottle of water somewhere. Yep. Went and signed us straight up. So um, that's the first thing. I think you need to do, you're responsible for doing the groundwork as far as um, that goes. Mm. I know that there is a function on realestate.com. Mm. Um, 
that, that you can actually look up who has sold the majority. Now, for anyone out there listening to me saying that, be aware that you know a lot of the times that the managing agent may not be the person that sold the property, but it goes down under their name. But it'll give you a good idea of yeah. who's the most active in different areas, making the most transactions. Yeah. But also that would lead to the point of, okay, how many of those agents are pushing their vendors or pushing their buyers to say, can you please rate me on realestate.com? True. All that sort of stuff. And then there's another percentage that aren't pushing it. So. No, and I, and I don't know why. I think in, 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 in uh, you know, a world where social media and those sort mm. of rankings, Google reviews, all those sort of things really, really help. Um, you know, it was, it'd be nothing for someone to leave a Google review for me, for example, and get a, a, a bunch of flowers saying, thank you. Um, after yeah. auctions, I yeah. used to go and get a bottle of Moe and uh, maybe something else for the kids and drop back around in the afternoon on my way home and say, congratulations on a great sale today. Here's yeah. a bottle. Enjoy your night. Those sort of things. So they're the they as we say in the industry, they're the one percenters. Yeah. Um, as far as it goes with um, choosing an agent, I think the interviewing process is really important and reaching out to remembering. I preface this by saying your experience with someone might be different than my experience with someone. Definitely. I've got friends that have used agents in our area mm. that I wouldn't. I wouldn't have come and cut my launch. Yeah. Right, but they, they love them, and again, exactly that. Their experience has been different to to my experience. Yeah. So, I think having a look, um, uh, having a look at the way that they conduct their inspections. So, yeah. getting out, doing the legwork. How are they talking to people? What are they saying to people? Ask them. Be a mystery buyer. Yeah. Be a mystery buyer. Go through and ask some hard questions. What will buy this property? Yeah. See how they handle the answer to that question, mm. um, because they're quite often going to be doing that. And, and I think agents are switched on enough that, uh, you know, in days gone by, we've known that we were being videoed or recorded at the open for inspections for people to be listened to yeah, uh, or to be listened to by people afterwards. Number two, as, as I say, have a look at their rankings on realestate.com of what they're told. The most important thing is the interview process. Mm. So you might call ABC um, Proprietary Limited to come and sell your property. Thinking about putting my house on the market. Mm-hmm. Now, when they actually come out, you might be talking to the sales manager and an agent. Yeah. Right. Their job is quite simply to say the right things in the right order to get your business. Yeah, and they're trying to do that. Oh, trying yeah. and scripts and dialogues and the stuff that I used to. Yeah. I still love scripts and dialogues. I've, I've got books and boxes in the in the garage that when I go to get them, I'll, I'll find myself flicking through them and having a read and, and enjoying those. Um, but I think the interview pro, interview process is really important. From mm. what time they get to your house is really really critical. Um, I got a listing one day because I turned up. I used to get to a uh, my appointment at about quarter to mm-hmm. sit in the car for about six or seven minutes yeah as i used to term it i'd get out of the car and get into character tie up who's clean get my kit get all of those those sort of things look the part yeah before i approach the um before i approach the door i uh, got to the door and this uh, the guy opened the door at about two minutes before before the hour and he said come in uh at this stage you've got the listing uh it's up to you to bugger it up and i got inside and i said why and he said the first guy was five minutes late and yeah. I got no apology. First of all, it was five minutes late. 
and there was no apology. Uh. The second guy hasn't turned up. And the third guy called me to say, you can't do it at the allocated time. He'll be here three hours later. He said, so it's really yours. Yeah. So I went in and said, said again, the right thing in right things in the prescribed yeah. order. When you're talking to tips for talking to an agent, the three main things that we want to talk about is because they're all going to tell you how fantastic yeah. they are. All oh. of them. They can all sell houses. Yeah. Like all builders can build houses. Yeah. Uh, they're, all going to, they're all going to be better and fantastic and my car's more expensive yeah. and this is all that sort of stuff. Timing, advertising, commission. Yeah. Have an idea of these before you start. Yeah. So that you're not going into this and being fed things that you don't know. Yeah. Right? Timing. You have in your mind when and work it backwards. So mm-hmm. it's going to take two weeks in between you allocating an agent and yeah. hitting the market. Yeah. Maybe a little bit longer if there's some work to do around the house that the agent's going to uh, pick the bones out of. And that's okay. Yeah. That's good advice. Um, it's going to take two weeks to, to get it on the market. It's going to take six to eight weeks private sale. Yeah. And it's going to take four weeks under an auction to have yeah. a result. And when I say result, either passed in, sold or otherwise. Yeah. It's going to take, depending on you, the things to consider are, do you want a 30, 60 or 90 day settlement? What mm-hmm. does it mean to you if someone's actually going to request 120 or 150 day settlement? Mm-hmm. These things as a business plan in what we do day-to-day or professionally, a lot of people don't take into account when they're actually selling their their house and know what it means to them. That certainly, I used to say to a lot of people, you know, ask the question, Have you, are you looking to buy first or sell first? Yeah. No matter what you're doing, you're putting a noose around your neck, depending upon your financial position, depends on how, how tight that noose is around your neck. Yeah. If you bought and you call the agent in, he knows that you have to sell. Yeah. So it just depends on, and this is your timeline working back that you might have bought and you have a settlement date, you know you've got some money in the bank, might be able to get interest only loan, have that stuff, that stuff that they don't need to know, but you need yeah. to be very, very aware of. Advertising. Advertising, the rule of thumb is that you should be spending about 1% of the value of the house on, on advertising. I don't yeah. know who made that up. Who made that up? Yeah. Oh, look, that, that's been around for years. Like when I worked at The Age back in 1994, we, we talked between 1% and 1.5%. Um, and that was when you're doing major print advertising, like in The Age where you would spend, you know, a, a lion's share of your money on The Age. Oh, in the age. Yep, there were 420 yeah. for a 4 by 2 and Yeah. <laughs> so, in the days when... <laughs> And 682 for a 6 by 2 or something. <laughs> and they um, black and white sketches. It was... <laughs> they were, which you could just make out what they were. But, um, <laughs> and that's, that was big money back Absolutely. then. Absolutely. So, well, yeah. You know, talk, talking about advertising, a, in, an internet page is an unquantifiable yeah. space. It doesn't have boundaries. Yeah. It's not like a sheet of no. A4 paper that you get to the end of it and you have to turn it over. So, yeah. very part of my background being in a different industry. Um, what they did was they took an unquantifiable space and they quantified it, saying that you can have a premier listing, it'll sit at the top of the page for 14 days and it'll get refreshed or for 30 days and then it gets refreshed, which means it comes to the top of the page again. And that's very, very important to you. And again, it's um, a bit of a 
of pain competition, I'll use a nice word, yeah. uh, for the agents because they get to see all of their brand up the top of the page in the suburb and that's very important. What we do know yeah. is, and this is the greatest tip I'll give uh, anyone looking at, uh, for advertising, I've given it to friends recently, we know, other than that, that people search by suburb, by bedrooms, yeah. by suburb, bedrooms yeah. and then bathrooms. So when they go yeah. in and they click their little bits and bobs, it doesn't matter whether you are a premier li listing, a feature listing, as far as I'm concerned, others would argue. Yeah. It's really about how you want to be, how much money you want to spend, really. comes yeah. down to it like that. Um, for me, um, I always pushed for, you know, a 10 by 12 board out, out the front of a home and because it'll, you know, we have to make it look amazing and we have to have more photos on it. Really what I wanted was a main yeah. road and I wanted my name on a main road as, as, as big road. as possible. So essentially what mm. happens is the agent becomes the salesperson for realestate.com. Mm. <laughs> this, this is the yeah. amazing part about it, right? <laughs> and then you become yeah. the funder of that. So realestate.com, no matter, no, no wonder why John McGrath and all of their shares have, got, have gone through the roof, although they've taken a hit recently, um, because yeah. they've and very, very intelligently quantified an unquantifiable space and said that you can only yeah. have this much in the area. Well, again, if you put in um, Bentley, for example, or Brighton, for example, a suburb, it doesn't matter where it yeah. is, don't search for the home by scrolling through from the top to the bottom. Yeah. You have your criteria. Yeah. So my tip to people uh, as far as the advertising goes is always think about what you can afford. Yeah. The agent will come in with three, bronze, silver, gold. Yeah. The psychology behind it is you don't want to look like a, a, a cheap person, so you won't pick bronze. Yeah. Don't really want to go to the end of the line and pick gold. So yeah. you'll pick, and we can change those because um, where I was in one outfit, we had fourteen different, <laughs> fourteen different advertising budgets, and bronze, silver, gold could be a mixture of anywhere in between. We yeah. just picked the ones that we wanted to be like that. So yeah, again, like anything, if you're going out for dinner, if you're going on holidays, if you're selling your house, the most important things on the house are your online advertising. Your board on the front of the property as a point of reference for people driving yeah. through, and it might pick up that buyer that that says, "Oh, by the way, my sister's looking for a house around the area." Da 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 da. Brochures, they'll get you to spend a lot of money on double page, double spread, glossy brochures. Yeah. And generally, if you've got a good campaign and you get over hundred people through, they order two hundred brochures because mm -hmm. they bought, they go in the bin afterwards. Um, and hand those out to probably, well, not probably, 95% of the people they're handing them out to aren't interested in your property anyway. So what I'm getting to by that was have a think about the brochure that your house deserves mm. or that's going to, it needs a floor plan, it needs point of, point of reference on it. Yeah. As far as commission goes, when you ask, um, when you ask an agent about their commission, yeah. the question is, that put it back on them. What what's your commission? Yeah. So they'll 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 give you some airy fairy. Oh, we like to do this or we do that. Now there are a couple of different ways that they can do commission. Yeah. And that is a flat 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 fee. 
and it's up to you to negotiate this with your your agent. Yeah. Or they might give you a lower flat fee up to a certain price and a bonus or what we used to call a kicker thereafter. Like I know there's still agents that do that, but the reality is you're getting a kicker anyway if you sell the house for a better price. I agree. I agree. And it's usually, the kicker is usually talked about when the vendor's ex- expectations are under market value. Okay. So the agent knows that they're going to get 10 cents in the dollar. If your expectations are 500,000 and I think it's worth closer to six, and rather than my benchmark fee of let's just pretend 1.5%, we're doing it at 1.25% up to 500 plus a 10% yeah. kicker thereafter, and it sells for 600,000, there's just to do the nice maths, there's a hundred thousand dollars, right? Extra yeah. that, that you're getting. You're getting 90. I'm getting an extra 10. Yeah. For what? For, for what? Doing, doing what you knew you were going to do in the first place. Yeah, exactly right. So <laughs> the commissions are first, first and foremostly back when I started, the commissions were 2,880,000 for the first hundred thousand and 1.9% thereafter. Yeah. When we were listing properties in those days, yeah. it came down to your interview with me and your yeah. interview with Fred and your interview with Barney that chose the right agent for you. It wasn't based on commission. Today, as you said before, there are agents that will do it for 1%, including GST, including advertising. Yeah, it's just insane. They're, no one's working. You, and and you, you pay peanuts, you're going to get money. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, so just... You Don't want your it. agent? No, you, you want your agent to be motivated. Yeah, absolutely motivated. Yeah, um, but in the same token, it is negotiable. They will negotiate. If you turned around to an agent that was quoting you one point five, and another agent that says one point two five for an inexperienced agent. Yeah. Uh, if you turned around to the agent and said, "Look, I've been quoted one point two five percent. You're at one point five. If you do it for one point two five, you've got the job." They'll, most of them will say yes. Yeah. I wouldn't. I would come and see you and negotiate something higher without you realizing that we were actually going to do that, yeah. right? And get that little bit extra. But um, they're the three key things: timing, advertising, commission. That's that they'll come with their perspectives and they'll come with all of their pretty um, uh, collateral. Mm-hmm and impress you with all of the hundreds of that, the hundreds of dollars that they've spent on printing stuff out that you'll never really look at ever again. Yeah. The nuts and bolts of it are those three questions. What are they? Yeah. And if you are uh, prefaced before those meetings with that sort of stuff, you're going to be doing well. Tomorrow we will have part two of Agent X with Choosing the Right Agent. Don't forget to subscribe to Real Estate Right on your favourite podcast platform to be in the know. Real Estate Right is a real copyright production hosted, written and produced by me, Sue Langadar. I would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Premium Beat for our theme music and Zoom for our video link. If you would like to ask any of our experts a question on this podcast, email your questions to sue at realestateright.com.au. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.